Chapter 2, Part 2. He had to make do with looking, though, because his father had absolutely forbidden him ever to go down the sleep, rough-hewn steps that led to the little cove below. Mr McPhee had always looked so angry at the thought of his son going near the water's edge that Finn shrank inside every time he thought about it. One day, maybe, he'll let me go, he told himself. Or perhaps I'll just sneak down there when he's not looking. But he knew he never would. He had often wondered why his father hated the sea so much, why he never went near the harbour or the beach, and why, whenever he came home, he would turn his back on the view as soon as he could, closing the door with a snap behind him as if to shut out the sea. Mr McPhee's feelings about the sea were just one of the many things that Finn didn't dare talk to his father about. He tried when he was younger to ask him about his mother, who had disappeared when he was only two, but his dad had erupted into a blaze of anger, sending Finn dashing out of the room in panic, or he'd gone quiet and sad, making Finn feel guilty that he'd asked at all. Mr McPhee, in fact, was the saddest man in the village. He hadn't always been like that. He'd been a fisherman once, like Charlie's father, strong and handsome, with a great voice for music, and everything neat and ship-shaped round him. He'd been singing one evening while he was mending his nets on the beach, when a girl had swum out of the sea and come up to him. Finn's dad had taken one look at her, and his heart had bounded right out of his chest. The girl had fallen in love with him too. She'd gone home with him, listening all the way to his wonderful singing. Soon they were married, and then Finn was born. You could never have seen a happier man than Finn's dad then, though Finn's mum stayed close to the cottage on the cliffs and rarely went into the village. But one day, when Finn was only two years old, his mother disappeared. She left nothing behind in the cottage, which had always been sparkling clean and neat back then, except for a row of seashells on the windowsill. There had been a huge hunt for her all over Scotland, but she was never found. People began to look strangely at Finn's dad, and there were even whispers running round the village that he'd had something to do with her disappearance. Mr McPhee stopped bothering to go out fishing. He stopped cleaning and tidying the house, or even cleaning and tidying himself. He spent hours sitting in a sagging old chair with his back to the window, ignoring Finn, who toddled around on his own. Finn had brought himself up without much help from his dad. Every now and then, Mr McPhee would come back from the store in Stromhead with a bag of food and some cans of beer, and sometimes he noticed that Finn's clothes were too small for him and he'd find some second-hand ones from somewhere or other. It wasn't that he didn't love Finn. Sometimes he'd get up out of his greasy old chair, pick Finn up, holding him too tight, and say embarrassing things like, You're all I've got, Finn. You won't ever leave me like she did, will you? Finn would wriggle away as fast as he could and run out of the cottage, leaving his dad slouched in his chair once more with tears trickling down his face. People muttered when the McPhees went past, and crossed to the other side of the street. Finn was used to seeing suspicion and rejection in every closed face he passed. Stromhead was a gossipy place, where everyone was interested in their neighbours' business. Finn knew that people found them strange, but no one had ever told him that they thought his dad was a murderer. Finn couldn't remember anything about his mum, except for one thing. She had whistled while she rocked him to sleep and the sound was so beautiful, so clear and haunting, that he had never forgotten it. 
It made him think of the distant shh of waves rippling on the beach below the cliff. He'd learned to whistle himself when he was only five years old. It was a private thing for Finn, and he did it only when he was alone. In his secret heart, he hoped that by whistling, he might call his mother back to him. But she never came. It was a few days after Dougie's party, and Finn, with the usual feeling of sullen dread in his heart, was getting ready to go to school. Only two more days to get through before the weekend, he told himself, rummaging round in his school bag to check if he'd put his homework in it. He felt something at the bottom and fished out a note from Mrs Farrader. His heart sank as he glanced through it. He'd been dreading giving it to his father, but with the holiday looming, he had no choice. He put it into his dad's hand. It's from school, Dad. It's about swimming lessons. There's a minibus going to take my class to the pool in Ruthenia. All the others are going. You're supposed to give me the money today. His father looked at him blankly. What letter? Give it here. Mr. McPhee stared at the crumpled paper in his hand. Then he stared at his son. What's this load of tripe? He said. Swimming? Pounds and pounds they want. Just for a bunch of kids to paddle around in some water. It's a disgrace. Do you mean you won't pay? Said Finn, not all surprised. It's not won't pay, son. It's can't pay, said Mr. McPhee, scratching at the bald spot on top of his head. It's one thing after another at that school of yours. Uniform, shoes, a school bag. What do they think I am? A millionaire? His voice had started low, but it was beginning to rise ominously. Mrs. Farrader said we'd have to have swimming costumes too, said Finn in a small voice. Mr. McPhee banged his fist down on the arm of the chair. Whatever next? They want you flying off to the moon? They want me buying you a spacesuit? He wagged a grubby finger in front of Finn's face, making Finn back away. I won't have it, do you hear? I won't have you going swimming at all. Deep water's a killer. It's what took her. I've told you before, a hundred times, you've not to go near the beach, and if I ever catch you down at the harbour, I'll... He was working himself up into a froth of anger, but Finn was no longer listening. What was that his father had said? The sea had taken her? Did he mean Finn's mother? Had she drowned? Was that why his father hated the thought of deep water so much and would never let him go down to the beach? It wasn't until his father was by the door putting on his boots that Finn started listening again. I'll tell that Mrs. Farrader, Mr. McPhee was saying. I'll go down to the school myself and get it sorted. I'll... Finn jumped in with fright. It's all right, Dad, you don't need to, he said hastily. I'll just explain that I'm not allowed. He held his breath, watching his father's face. The last time his dad had burst into school, he'd stood ranting away at Mrs. Farrader in front of all the other children, who'd sat giggling behind their hands. In the end, Mrs. Farrader had had to call the caretaker to take him out through the school gates. Finn had been so embarrassed, he'd wanted to die. To Finn's relief, his father kicked his boots off again and subsided back into the chair, his anger gone. Mind you do, son. You stand up to them. No swimming, do you hear? It's you I'm worried about. I only want what's best for you. You know that, don't you? I know, Dad. I know, Finn said sadly, watching his father's face fall again into its usual sadness. He'd known he wouldn't be allowed to go in the minibus with the others. 
but he'd allowed himself to hope. He sidled past his father, stepped out through the front door and began to run along the cliff top towards the village. He hated being late for school. He liked to get into the classroom first and to be sitting quietly in his corner before the others came tumbling in. The best thing was not to be noticed at all.